welcome to Ask Abby, a podcast where I help women who have a tough decision to make to connect to the inner wisdom of their body, find their own answers, and move forward. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Ask Abby. I have the wonderful Sarah Heinen. Yes. Is that right? Yes. Look at me go here with me. Hi, Sarah. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you. Um, and yeah, I'm very proud of you because it's not, it's not easy for native English speakers to get my last name right. Typically I ask before I hit play, but I didn't today and I'm very proud of myself. So how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm good. I'm, and I'm actually over in Germany, so it's the evening, um, but I will try to stay focused. You got this. I have faith in you. So why don't you just fill everybody in about what you do, your business, all of those good things. So as Abby introduced me, I'm Sarah and uh, yeah, I do live in Germany. I'm, um, I am German, so I'm not a native speaker. So bear with me (laughs) if I might have the one or the other hiccup. Um, And I work as a coach and teacher for self-love, self-care and self-discovery. So meaning I support people who feel like they live a wrong life, like they live a life of somebody else or they don't feel like, so to say, at home in their own life, um, which can express in different ways and like not feeling as connected to themselves um, or the people in their life as they would love to or burning themselves out in a job that doesn't fulfill them um, in feeling unable to make meaningful changes in their lives and um, yeah, or just an overall dissatisfaction without being really able to um, pinpoint a root cause. Um, So, and in my eyes, it's like, it's all connected anyways. So your whole life, if there are problems on the job, there are mostly problems in your private life as well and vice versa. Totally, totally. And how, how long have you been doing that? Like what got you into coaching? It was my own life path so I uh, yeah, of course like with all the coaches <laughs> I, we all get here. <laughs> <laughs> I quit my job um, I've, I've have been working in an online agency as a web designer and strategist um, and um, for like I don't know eight years and I have been a team lead for the last years uh, on that job and I loved it for a very long time, but um, at one point I reached uh, a point in my life where, I don't know, everything, I started questioning a lot of things. And one of those things was my job. Um, So in like, I don't know, it's six, eight years ago, I decided to quit the job. And with that, everything started to snowball. I I changed my whole life and uh, I went to Spain for a while to work in a surf camp. So do something completely different. And um, uh, throughout this process, I, most of the time I just did everything by myself through self reflection, self-discovery journaling was a huge or still is a huge tool for me. And um, I started sharing all those experiences at one point uh, throughout the last years in a, on a podcast and um, by the time also on a blog and yeah that like set things in motion um, and through the podcast I was able to inspire people but um, in the feedback I always heard like oh my god yeah I want to change this I want to change that and and I try but I fail all the time so from that came the idea, okay, maybe it's not enough just to give the people the knowledge, but also I have to guide them one-on-one through their process because otherwise they just, yeah, start a million things and finish nothing. Yeah. And so that's how coaching came along. And I, I worked with my own first coach, just like, I don't know, a few years ago. Um, and I'm absolutely certain that a lot of people could learn so much about themselves if they would really sit, sit down and have the courage uh, and the tools to look within themselves. And that's what I guide people on today to sort of say to be their own guru, because um, yes, of course, coaches are super helpful. Otherwise I wouldn't have chosen that business, but, um, but I think you can get 
pretty far on your own. And that's what I want to give people the confidence. I mean, it's, it's kind of counterintuitive, get a coach to do things for your own, but I also have products uh, or I'm also developing new products that support people in that process. So um, yeah, it's not my goal to make people dependent on a coach like me or anybody else. But um, I always say them, I just help you to spread your wings and then please fly on your own. Yeah. And I think that's an important thing to say about coaching. Like I had a, a coach who would always say that all the information's out there, like journaling, that like you have access to all of it, but what people are paying you for as a coach is the accountability is them actually sitting down and doing the fucking thing. And once they work with us, it's like, I don't want to keep someone in a container forever. It's like, I'm going to give you the tools so that you can take it into your own life and be able to do it on your own from here on out. Not to say yeah. you might never need coaching again, but you know, yeah. like you said, spread your wings and fly and really be able to roll with it. Yeah, and I think it totally makes sense to uh, to get a coach um, when you try it for yourself and you're not getting anywhere, or if you reached a certain degree of um, of self care, self discovery, self love, or business, whatever your coaching field is, um, or the field in your life that you want to change. Um, so if you if you have see that you're standing in front of this next step, like this ne next level, uh, it can always be helpful to have someone who guides you in that process and gives you this, um, yeah, this outside perspective on your stuff. Because I mean, uh, <laughs> our uh, shared coach, Crystal always says, new level, new devil. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's, it's definitely helpful to have an outside perspective if you try to, to reach, so to say the next level. Yeah, totally. I think so too. And, um, I find for myself, like I'm really good at giving my clients advice and my podcast guests advice. and like seeing so clearly where they're headed and what their strengths are. But with myself, I'm like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We all have our blind spots and, uh, that's what coaches are for. And yeah. also I feel that with every, coaching session I give with every workshop I teach with every podcast episode I record I learn something myself I think I, I'm, I'm talking to myself to the same degree that I'm talking to everybody else outside 1000% yeah yeah there's sometimes where I'll say something and I'm like did you need to hear that or did I need to hear that <laughs> So uh, to answer your question, I'm just, uh, I, I became a coach to coach myself. <laughs> no, of course. We have a huge love for people and for humanity. And I have not given up hope that we can um, change the world um, for the better. And um, yeah, so I want to be a part of it. That's awesome. And I like how you almost fell into it. Like you were just passionate about it. So you were sharing about it. And then you realized people were like, hey, but I need help. And you were like, wait. I could make this a business. I could be the person to help you. Yeah. I love that. So where are you feeling like the most friction or resistance, I guess we'll say in your business? Um, what's a big one for me, like on and off, I have times where I'm totally fine with it. And then of course the times where things are going, where things are moving. Um, and there are times when things are a little bit slow, meaning um, I do, don't have that much um, uh, people interested in discovery calls and in working one-on-one -on -one with me. Um, or like in general, when I feel stuck, it's being patient and trusting in the divine timing and the process, uh, the process of the growth of my business. I mean, I've, I'm in coaching now for um, two, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, two years. So in the beginning, it was super slow, but I have since like, I don't know, half a year, speed's picking up and um, and my podcast help, helps a lot because I mean, it's like four years old. I have over 200 episodes. So people are coming through my podcast mostly. Um, but yes, of course, I mean, like, I think with every business, uh, there are times that are more slow and there are times that are more busy. So um, trusting in the times when it's more slow, that it's, it's still progress. So, and, and that it does make sense that my business grows in the speed that it grows because 
if it would explode from from today to tomorrow, I would probably freak out. Yeah. And I think like we all, and I think this is probably from working nine to five life for so long. We're so conditioned to feel like it needs to be consistent. Like it needs to be consistently busy, but why can't you have periods where you're doing a lot and then downtime and then a lot and then downtime? Like what, why are we in our heads about that being a bad thing? Like we need to constantly be busy 24 seven in our businesses. Yeah, I think that's one aspect. And um, in the past, I feel not so much today. Money was also a big driver behind this belief because the more you grow, the more clients you have, the more money you make, the more dreams you can fulfill, um, uh, the more safe, so to say, you are yeah, safe in, in quotes, because I, I know that like money is an illusion. It's, it's not like real safety, but of course it makes things easier. And um, yeah, and, and the third thing that at least for me was a big, or I guess sometimes still is a big part of it is comparing myself comparing myself to people. I mean, I like in my rational mind, I absolutely know everybody just shares the highlights on social media, of course, yeah. And they only share if their um, courses or programs are sold out. They don't share if nobody shows up. And they had to cancel it, yeah. I never yeah. come on and been like, oh, you know what? This workshop didn't book and I had to take it off the schedule. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe we should should start doing that. <laughs> we probably should start doing more of that because like it happens to all of us, you know, everybody's had launches that were like womp womp. And usually it's something, you know, it doesn't mean that you're failing as a business. It's usually something was out of alignment with yourself and your business and what you actually were trying to achieve. Yeah, and I think that's a learning curve, a learning process. It's um, because I... In, in many areas of my life, I pretty surely know if when something is out of alignment and I can see it and I can adjust. But within my business for the longest time, and this has changed recently through the program where we two met, um, that I always compared my way to do business or maybe not compared, but I um, oriented myself on like the business blueprints that everybody tries to sell, like do it this way, do this funnel and blah, blah, blah. Um, And then you get the people, uh, you get the clients. And and I think this pressure of doing it a certain way messed with the alignment because um, like have the yeah, the guts, so to say, to, uh, to question the, in quotes, traditional way in online marketing or the, yeah, bro marketing, or um, like, that's the only way to, to success, whatever, blah, blah, um, question that and doing it like radically the way it, it suits you, it suits your clients, it suits your coaching topic and all of that. So that definitely is still a process to trust that. Yeah. And I I agree with you 100%. And there's just, there's so much noise online anyway about how we should do everything. So it's like, sometimes we might have an offer or something that's really in alignment, but then we're like, well, I can't do it this way. No one else is doing it this way. All the coaches and experts say you have to do it this other way and get, we can get really in our own heads about that. Yeah, totally. And I think like, and human design, which Sarah's also really into human design and the, the coaching program we just did together was all about human design. And um, it's such a great way for us to see that we're not all meant to do everything the same way. Like we are going to have different processes. We're going to have different things that resonate and like, it's, it's okay for us to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I love that human design is also called the science of differentiation. Um, and I mean, I basically have the idea that, I mean, we're all human and all humans have like the same basic needs and the same basic desires. But besides that, we are all so, so unique and 
human design made me see that in such a more profound way and a tangible way because you put in um, the birth information from one person and then from another person and the results couldn't be any more different and everything that comes with those different human designs and applying that to business was a game changer an absolute game changer for me because it's like it's a permission slip it's like you are designed to do it that way and you don't have to succumb to the that's how everybody does it way because I think you have to experience that um, if you do it the um, cookie cutter way and it doesn't work for you um, you have to experience this feeling of shit that doesn't work but also you have to have the awareness that nothing is wrong with you but actually the strategy is not yours and human design is such a big help and tool to find out what is your way to of doing things yeah definitely and like just understanding like how even how you said you tend to get impatient or feel like when's my next thing coming like to me that's such a generator thing um and sarah is a six two emotional generator because you guys kind of have this experience in life where there's like, okay, you master something and then it kind of plateaus and then you master something and then it plateaus. So you're going to have these little, like the space in between where you're waiting for your next thing to respond to. Um, I feel like that's like the whole thing with generators, but it must be frustrating when you're sitting in this middle space, waiting, just like waiting for your next. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's like, I mean, in the very simple way of looking at human design, the generator is um, sometimes called like the workhorse. That's not very friendly um, <laughs> and not very empowering. No. And also I remember that when I heard that I was a generator and that the both generator types, the pure generators and the manifesting generators, they make up like 70% of the population. It feels like, man, I'm not a snowflake. <laughs> I'm not that special after all, but uh, of course, the it's the contrary. As we said before, um, if you look deeper into the chart um, and deeper, even just uh, into the generator type, um, there are so many different aspects that influence that type. And there are so many things in which I feel more like a projector than a generator because I do have a lot of projected parts in my chart. Um, but... <laughs> The one thing that I resonated very, very much with was, um, yeah, generators being impatient and being frustrated if things are not going their way. So that like basically sums up the the thing that I that we started this conversation with, like being patient, trusting in the timing, and yeah, trusting that something will come your way that you can respond to. And I really love. Um, Karen Curry Parker's view of the generator and of this process that you just described, like the, the steps uh, in, in the development process of whatever, if, if it's a skill that you're trying to learn, if it's a business that you're trying to build, if it's, I don't know, whatever, um, that you always going to have these like jumps and then the plateaus and the next level of mastery and the plateau. And she says this, plateau phase is actually not a like still stand being stuck or just waiting around so uh, till uh, something comes up that you can respond to it's a time in where you build momentum mm. and I really like that um, that picture because if I imagine myself being on the plateau just hanging out hanging around there and so like waiting 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 that's a very passive way of being and of course business doesn't work that way um at least most of the time yes yeah, sometimes you of course you've got to rest but uh, there's a difference between resting and like just waiting, waiting for stuff to happen yeah, yeah. totally yeah <laughs> yeah but but if i imagine that like it's just like i'm heating up my generator so to say like so that i have the power for um and and the knowledge and everything for the next uh, step in mastery and, uh, and the next step in my business and stuff like that. 
that's kind of how I, obviously I'm not a generator, but that's kind of how I imagine it too. It's like this period where you're like gathering information, you're diving into things you love. You're like getting ready for that next big step and keeping your eyes peeled. That's one of the things I talk to about with generators so much is like, I know a lot of people find out their generator and they find out that 70% of the world and they feel not special, but it's actually such a cool type. Like you guys constantly have opportunities coming your way. And I think people can, can hit that liminal space where they feel frustrated and start to try to force things to happen instead of allowing that space to be a time where they're keeping their eyes peeled for like, what's, what's out there? What opportunities are are coming to me that I can respond to instead of getting into this land of like forcing things to happen, which can usually aren't, you know, go wrong and is usually not in alignment. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, my mom, she's a manifester and I think all of, these are four brothers. (laughs) So I grew up with my father, four brothers, and my mom, and my mom's a manifester. And I think everybody else, no, I have one brother who's a projector and she, he's like, so like the black sheep of the family, not like really a black sheep, but um, yeah. he had the most trouble growing up. You can probably identify with that. <laughs> Bunch of generators. But all the others are manifesting generators. So there was, or st- probably still is so much conditioning around, um, Uh, I have the power to do stuff. And if I want something to happen, I just go for it. And um, that is definitely, you know, that's still a learning process and a process of allowing and yeah, relaxing and, and laying back and say, not in a passive way, but in a, in a surrender kind of way, Um, life will come to me and I can trust that life will come to me. Mm, Yeah. And I think I'm wondering too, if you have any advice for the generators listening on how to really embrace these periods of frustration, these kind of plateaus, because they're a part of the process. They're a part of life. They're not really going to go anywhere. And how can you really embrace those time periods? And what do you do during those time periods to kind of like prepare for your next big step? Um, I think preparation is a good word. Um, For example, in business, that might be getting your website ready before the clients are knocking on your door so that you have something where you can send them. Or I don't know, maybe building an email list um, and um, yeah, like so to say have something to do, but not just to be busy, but um, doing something that actually prepares you or your business for the next step. And maybe, I don't know, I, for myself, it was during the times where I was waiting, in quotes, for my clients uh, to appear on my doorstep, I invested those times in, um, in learning more stuff and uh, working on myself. Yeah. So being so that I am prepared for the time when all those clients stand in front of my door and want to work with me. So just one example. And I really, really like what you said before that we can or we should not even not only in business, but in life in general, accept that there are seasons and phases and not only for generators, probably for everybody. Um, And I really love to look at nature um, for that. Yeah, as a picture. And because if you look into nature and the seasons right now in spring, everything is blooming and uh, like four or eight weeks ago everything was still dead there was nothing and nature doesn't become impatient like okay when are the flowers growing again (laughs) so it's just like nature trusts that everything will come back everything will sprout and bloom and grow and um this trust uh and i'm actually answering my own question right now (laughs) about being patient as i said do the podcast Look and you answer happens. your questions yourself. <laughs> um, so this trust is, uh, I feel, is a is a thing that society or most parents uh, or not, school doesn't teach us um, because at least the Western societies are so based on logic and growth and constant growth. And uh, if you're not growing, you're stuck. And... Um, 
detaching from that and unlearning it and and I'm a huge fan of this concept of yin and yang or um, the masculine and the feminine energies within all of us, um, regardless with what gender you identify or don't identify. And we are so based on this masculine, this yang energy in our Western societies. And that is like a huge learning curve for me still. And I have been working on that for quite some time now. Um, allowing that feminine side yeah and even in business allowing that feminine side working more with flow and um, opening yourself up for receiving and of course if you try to force stuff all the time that doesn't work because as you said it's out of alignment and um, surrendering to the process and the divine timing um, yeah it's it's a lot about um, getting to yeah, getting familiar and accepting and loving and embracing your feminine energy I think yes totally I love all of that that you just said and I think it's something a lot of us struggle with in business and in life but in business especially is like as soon as things start to come down there's less you know engagement on our post there's maybe less people booking calls on our schedule we start to freak out and it's like what can I do what can, how can I get more people like how can I force this yeah. where when we kind of let things flow more with the seasons of why why can't we have periods where we're taking a lot of clients making a lot of money and then periods of rest and I think naturally in our lives, thousands and thousands of years back, that's how it would have worked. We would have gone out hunting, gathering, and then come home and rested. We wouldn't have just powered through 24 seven. It's such a modern struggle that we kind yeah. of go through. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so I got a bit off track, but for the generators and uh, their plateaus, um, I really love that in English, because in German, we have like not really fitting words for that, but in English, you have force and power. And those are very two different like feelings behind it. I, I think it's like force is more the um, masculine way and power is more the feminine way. Not that, uh, yeah, men, and I'm not talking about men and women here, of course, yeah, it's yeah. energies, it's qualities. Um, and not that the masculine can't be powerful, but power for me comes more from a place of trust in yourself and force is more coming out of like insecurity or fear. Mm. And um, so I love this contrast. And um, the question, I think it's from Gabby Bernstein. I've seen that on, I've seen it on some webinar or I don't know where. Um, if things are not flowing, if you feel frustrated uh, coming back to the generator, it's a question that I ask myself a lot is what am I strangling right now? Yeah. So where I'm putting, we're putting too much force on something. Where do I try to, well, yeah, like strangling, like you can strangle a project, you can strangle an idea, you can strangle um, your own personal development, whatever. And, um, and asking yourself, honestly, am I trying to force something that's not meant to be right now in this way that I try to force it? 1000%. I love that. And still I catch myself so many times doing it. Well, I do it too. We all do it. I've been doing it actually for some stuff I'm working on for the fall. I'm finding myself in this mode of like, I got to make it happen. I got to force it. And it's like, do I though? Do I have to force it? Um, can I just see how it unfolds naturally without me forcing? And I think human design can be a big enlightener for that. Cause as you learn about generators, um, projectors. I mean, none of our types are really, even manifestors aren't meant to go force things to happen. They might have the urge, but there's oftentimes where manifestors are forcing something that's really not an urge. That's really not something they need to be doing. And I actually find with the manifestors I know in my life, they, they have a very cyclical nature too. It's like, they might have an urge and a burst and like really create something. And then they might have a couple of weeks where they need some downtime. And I like how you use the seasons as a way to kind of frame that. I don't think you got off track at all. I think you were perfectly on track um, because we need more of that ebb and flow. Like we need more of that in our businesses instead of feeling like, oh, if I'm not constantly going from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. every single day, then I'm a bad business owner. Then I'm not doing it right. 
Yeah, and it's also that growth piece, um, as I said before, this, um, and we can see all over the world how this Western idea, the societies, the economies, um, they destroy so many people like suffering from burnout or they destroy nature um, with their um, way of doing business. And so that shouldn't be our, our goal to, um, to have like constant growth and just for the sake of it. And uh, so I, yeah, I try, I mean, it's, yeah, but it's, it's still, it's, it's a, it's a tough one to, um, to unsubscribe from and say, so I'm not going to do the rat race. And I see so many people working for themselves who just replaced their nine to five with their own rat race. Yes, 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 yes. So, and that's, and you, you mentioned that before the nine, nine to five, um, it took me such a long time to, uh, to dismantle that belief that I have to work at least 40 hours a week because otherwise I wouldn't be like a valuable part of society because uh, allowing yourself that it can be easy. I mean, it's not like easy peasy all the time uh, working for yourself, but allowing yourself, opening, your, opening yourself up to the idea that it can be easy and it's not necessary to work um, 40 hours a week uh, to make a living. And Abby, you are such a role model for me <laughs> because Abby, in, in the program we did together, she kind of like got a reputation of taking naps all the time. It's not a <laughs> reputation, it's real. <laughs> and oh my God, I love it. It's like, and yeah, and that we can, I think we can look back to nature again, your cats, yeah. <laughs> If they've been on screen so many times with us, it's like, They, they just do what the fuck they want. And if they want to rest, they rest. And cats rest a lot. So, um, yeah, looking at that too. Yeah, and I, 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 you're so right too, like this idea. And I just saw, a, I think it was a reel or a meme or something the other day that said, people will be so fast to give up for a 40-hour job to work 80 hours in their business. And I was at first, I'm like, I don't freaking agree. Although I do realize people are doing that, like, that's not how it needs to be. Right. That's not, like, that's not why we got into business and it's actually no more effective. I'll talk to people all the time who are like, Oh, well, like after I'm done with my calls for the day, I'll just stay and, and force myself to work for a few more hours. I'm like, why, like, what are you getting done that justifies that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I, a way of working that I developed for myself throughout the last few months, um, even though in human design, I am, I have like talking variables, those arrows beside your head, um, three of mine point left. Um, so I'm, and I also do have the channel of organization. So I'm um, generally a very structured and organized person. And I, I just know, don't know any other way. So, because that's my, how my brain works. Um, but um, I felt like with all the to-do lists and all the productivity tools, I felt so restricted and um, learning about being a generator and that it is all about responding to things on the outside and seeing what lights you up, what lights your sacral up. Um, so I came up with this, with, this, with this idea that I have like a big board where I have post-its for all my to-dos um, with the current projects, uh, projects that I work on. And uh, within my framework that I have, like I do have, for example, a podcast episode coming out every week. So that's a given that I, I do every week, but, um, but sometimes I batch. Uh, so um, I have this big board with all those post-its with all the to-dos. And if I'm not like on a tight schedule, I just stand in front of it and look at every post-it and ask my sacral. So what you're feeling today? And I'm also emotional. So that's like, yeah, what, what you're feeling today, what's lighting you up, what makes you happy today, what you want to, yeah, just follow your gut instinct. And um, this, uh, yeah, keeps revolutionizing my my structure and my my way of working and of course sometimes if I work on two or three projects at the same time everything takes way longer because I'm jumping between the projects but in the end I am much more fulfilled because I 
can do whatever the fuck I want and still have progress in the long run. Yes, totally, totally. And it's like through this flow and through chasing the ease, it's what keeps you open to the opportunities. It's like what allows you to keep responding. And if you were just like forcing yourself to knock off things on the to-do list that you hated, you're not even being open and receptive to what might be possible or what might be coming to you. And I think both of us learned that through Crystal's program, especially like towards the end there. And the inner circle that I just launched was a really good um, demonstration of that for me is there's been so many programs or offers that I've put out there that I obsessed over and I got the website and I made it all perfect. And and then I launched it and it was like, meh. And this thing, I just tossed it out there. I didn't put it on my website. I didn't organize it. I didn't, I literally just was like, Hey guys, I'm thinking about putting together this group. This is what it would be like. Who's interested. And I had people like coming out of the woodwork with interest in this program. And I went about it in the easiest way possible. I set it up in the easiest way possible. You know, there were 10 different platforms I could have chosen to host this. And I picked the one that was easiest for me. (laughs) And what do you know? The program filled like so quickly. I didn't even have to try. It just filled and here we are, it's going. And I absolutely love it. And so it was just this moment to me of like, oh my God, I don't have to force everything. I can just let it be easy. Yeah, yeah. And this is such an important mindset shift, I feel is like, uh, because we're taught that to see everything through the lens of our clients and to a certain degree, I, I totally agree with that, but it doesn't serve anybody if I do everything the way it's best for my clients or that I suppose it's best for my clients um, and ignoring my own needs and my own human design, my own energy throughout the process or by choosing a different platform and um, allowing yourself to also have your have yourself or have yourself first in mind when you're designing something like that uh, is such a game changer because you will show up in such a different energy within in the group or in the program or the course or whatever. And uh, so, for example, when I let go of Facebook like two or three years ago, it's like, I hate Facebook. I just can't stand it anymore. Uh, I mean, I'm still on there, just, I don't know, log in once a month um, and sometimes post uh, the stuff from Instagram automatically on Facebook. But um, I hate using Facebook. So the energy I would show up in a Facebook group, it wouldn't even attract people or they would be dissatisfied with the course or the program because uh, I don't know if I log in and it sucks, that's the energy I bring to the table. Yeah, 100%. And it's funny that you say that because that's actually a big theme with all the people in the inner circle right now is they're all working to make their businesses work in a way that's better for them because they've been on this path of, oh, I'm going to structure my services for what the clients want and what the pricing that they want. And, And a lot of them are finding like, this isn't working for me. Like I'm running around jumping between services and it's, it doesn't make any sense. And you're right. Like the energy with which you're able to show up with. And one of my clients, I was saying that to her, like, if you keep taking this service that you know, you don't want, we've been talking about that. You don't want to keep doing. If you keep taking it, you're not going to show up for those people fully. You're going to be looking at the clock. You're going to be like, Oh, this again, every single time. And it's, it's no good for anyone. Yeah. 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 And I, I had like a huge, um, light bulb moment last year because I launched the uh, same program twice once I I developed it that was so yeah I don't know it wasn't really a better round but it was like the first round I did and um, and that was yeah just something that was right at the beginning of COVID and it was a program all around self-care and your needs and um I did a live workshop, like in-person workshop in 2019 with this topic and I wanted to do more in 2020 and then COVID came along and I said, okay, shit, I can't do it live. I have to um, come up with something online and why not make it a course? Even with that topic, it did make, make much more sense because I could... Um, guide the people in a longer process and if you try to build routines and habits 
that takes time. And if I give them just input for two or three hours uh, at a one day workshop, they have to um, have to build those habits by themselves. So I developed this, this program and I was so excited about it and I loved everything about it. And I designed it exactly the way that I think would like help me in those, um, in, in this situation. And, but also how I wanted to design the program, how I wanted to feel in the program myself as a facilitator. And this was my ever first online course that I launched. And uh, I had, 15 people right off the bat and I was like oh my god where did they come from I have no idea it was like and I did like two Instagram stories and two posts and like not really marketed any like not forced marketing so um yeah that was like a huge success I was super happy everybody in the program was super happy and then in fall it was like okay, now you have this course you have all this material sitting there and it would be stupid not to do it a second time um, so I did it, I did like a tiny overhaul and, um, yeah, launched it and was such a horrible process of forcing the marketing and I have to get it out there and nobody's coming and, uh, yeah, sliding into the self-doubt and everything around it. And, uh, that probably didn't make it any better. Uh, so at the end I had a group of five and it was a lovely group. We had a great time, but, um, that was a light bulb moment when I compared those two launches um, of like, what's the energy that I am standing behind uh, this course with? Is it like something that I really love that I'm really excited about? Is it something that I just do because it's the logic thing to do? And uh, it's something that brings in money. So um, yeah, this was such an important um, insight for me. Yes, totally. And like, I say this all the time, like the energy behind what you're doing is so much more important than what you're actually doing. And so from what I'm hearing, what you're saying is like, when you actually embodied the way you wanted to feel and you like showed up in an embodied way, the program filled itself, you barely even had to do anything. But when you were forcing and, um, you know, kind of like stressing about it and like, oh, I have to do this thing or like, I'm great at this. Or coming from it as a, I need to do this so that I can make money and pay my bills. It's never going to land the same way with the audience because it's coming from this like yucky, desperate energy. Yeah. From a, from a place of lack and uh, yeah, I need to fill a hole and uh, yeah. Or it's just like the, the thing that you're supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, well, this is the next step. Like, like you said, you I ran it the first time. I might as well run it again. Like you maybe didn't necessarily have that fuck yes and your sacral but you went with it anyway you know yeah yeah yeah. and that's uh um like one of my new like questions that I'm working with um right now or also I hope in the future don't forget it (laughs) is like for example if I and I probably will at some point in this year run this program again um but ask myself how can I tweak it how can I change it what needs to change for me being as excited about it as I was the first time. Mm. So for me, for example, with this course that will probably be integrating more human design into that because now I have more knowledge on human design and um, that will make me so much more excited than just uh, doing the program the same um, way I did it the first and the second time. Yeah, yeah, totally. And like making sure that you have that light up, you know, of your sacral, making sure that you have that yes before you move forward with it and spend all that time. And that, and like, and that's a big thing too, is like, I think when we get into that forcing mode, like that's how I felt about the inner circle, right? I just toss it out there, people booked. And then I, and then I created everything. I was like, well, shit, people booked this thing. I better make invoices and get like, right. I have to actually do it. I have to put the thing together, but like, it doesn't really make sense. Like I was taught this in my coaching program, like sell first, create after, because had I sat down and created all this stuff and, and I've done that before and put it on my website and created all the content and created Canva graphics. And then it didn't sell. No one was interested in it. I spent all this time doing nothing. I'm back in that productivity land of like, okay, well now I just spent weeks putting together something that 
no one even bought. I'm not even going to do anything with. Yeah. And I think that's also a um, point where uh, human design is so helpful because I saw an Instagram story the other day from a human design teacher and she just launched like a year ago, launched her first certification program for human design. And um, she did it exactly that way, sell it and then create it while you're going and always be like one or two um, um, uh, lessons in the course ahead. Uh, and so that's how I did it and how I learned it um, because, uh, yeah, you could put so much energy and time and maybe even money into it before selling it and then nobody buys it. But um, she just said that she will never do it that way again because, I mean, that was a, a huge program. She needed a year to finish the certification. Um, so now is the first time in a year that she can work on something that uh, she loves right now. So that got me thinking about really checking in with yourself. What is it? Do you need to sell it first, uh, set a finish line and said, okay, that date the course will start. So you have like X amount of weeks or days or whatever, or months um, to create that thing. And maybe this pressure is not right for you. And looking into your human design and also reflecting on what had worked for you in the past regarding pressure and timelines and stuff like that is, I think, very, very helpful. And I feel like with my open route in human design, I don't cope very well under pressure. <laughs> and um, so for me, it's always a dance. And we've talked about it before we started the podcast that I'm um, working on on passive products right now and I set this finish line this date where people will because I'm doing a, a beta test with a few clients and I said them that's the day that you're going to receive the product in the beta version to test it and yeah and now it's like I'm sitting on this fire and I'm like okay I need to do 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 go 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 so yeah, looking into human design and taking everything, not just your type, but uh, all, especially the open centers, I feel are important and, um, and maybe your profile to have an idea what kind or what amount of pressure works for you. And if this way of first selling, then creating is the best way for you. Or if there's like a middle way, because of course, if you spend all, if you create it like the whole thing and then nobody buys, it's frustrating as well. But what could be something in the middle? Maybe you just need, don't need to be like one or two lessons ahead with your student, students or clients, but maybe you need to be three or four lessons ahead if we're talking a course, for example. Totally. And I actually am totally a middle ground person. So I want to roll out an online course at the end of the year. And I know, I know I'm going to sell it first and create it as I go, but I've started creating some of the worksheets and the PDFs and dropping them to a client of mine because A, she's going through the same stuff. Why not give her the resources? And B, when I go to compile this course, I'm not doing everything. I'm not recording everything, but when I go to do this course, I'll have some of it done. So, cause I'm, I'm a projector and I know how I am. And I know if it's a lot, I'll be like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And the other thing you said that I want to talk about was, I know we talked about this due date and that you have that you set for your this weekend or finish line, she's calling it not a due date, this finish line that you set for yourself on getting this work done and you're feeling this pressure like, <sighs> so what I want to ask you is, is that the energy that you want to come from on this stuff that you're creating? Of course not. <laughs> yeah. And I catch myself today because I mean, uh, I, I, th I told you that before we started is um, with some stuff, it's, I do feel some resistance to start, but I know because I love the products themselves and I still love the idea and I, people are excited about it and I am excited about it. So I need to go over this first hump of resistance to get into flow. And then when I'm in flow, I'm in flow, I'm enjoying it. Mm. And I, but right now in this, um, this particular situation, I have to remind myself like several times a day, it's your own finish line. You did set that finish line. You can move that finish line. <laughs> it's not yeah. like you have a boss that's going to fire you if you don't <laughs> keep up with it. And, um, and also allowing myself 
to work in the same kind of fashion that I explained before with the board and the to-dos, um, also on a micro level. So for example, I wanted to finish the scripts for the audios that I'm gonna do today. And um, I came like two thirds through and then I felt like, oh shit, I, I can't like write anymore. I'm, my creativity is gone, I'm tired. And um, so I think some part of me just wanted to push through and say, okay, it's, it's two thirds done, just like the, the last third and then you're done. You, you can just like uh, toss this post-it and it's done. So, and that always feels good. But um, then I allowed myself to switch to another subtask of this project. So I worked on the, on the workbook that goes along with it and had so much fun working on the workbook. So that's like um, uh, trying to, to do everything that I'm doing on a, on a bigger scale in my business with the way I work, also doing it with the small stuff and allowing myself, so to say, in, in like quotes to be disorganized and to go with the flow and less uh, like forcing things. Yeah, we've, we talked a lot about forcing stuff. So yeah. I can see that in the small stuff and in the big stuff. So good question for you related to how we can maybe make this a little easier for you. These resources that you're putting together, whatever you call it on passive products, how do you want your clients to feel when they go through this work? And how do you want them to like feel after they're done doing these? products or using these products so it's these products are about journaling okay. um, so uh, i'm doing an audio that guides them through uh, different journaling questions and different uh, meditation and um some like um exercises and um and i do different products for different topics and uh, for example one is about uh reflecting on your past year Another one is about finding out your own values. And um, it kind of depends a bit on the, the, pro the product or the theme of the product. But in general, I would say I want them to feel curious about themselves and about the process. I want them to feel open and I want them to feel guided by me. And afterwards, I want them to have grown have experienced some insights about themselves or their lives yeah i think that's these are the most important feelings i want them to have want them to feel curious about themselves about the process open you want them to feel guided and you want them to experience growth so what can you do miss sarah to embody the feelings of getting curious about yourself and your process feeling open, feeling guided and experiencing growth? That is such a good question, project, <laughs> projector Abby. <laughs> the good stuff. <laughs> um, and in yeah, regards to the finish line as well, right? Like what in regards to the finish line would make you embody these feelings? First, I'm curious if I'm going to make the finish line or not. <laughs> yeah, no, but um, uh yeah, a bit of the curiosity comes up when I let myself the work uh, work the way that I just described it, like what I'm what lights me up today, which of those small tasks within everything I still have to do um, to finish those products uh, lights me up today. And not coming to it from a place of, okay, something has to be done. <laughs> I have to get this done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, um, and yeah, and that's, that goes back to the beginning as well, uh, detaching from the idea that it has to be streamlined and that it has to be a logical process and that it can be messy and still something good can come out of it and or will come out of it. And um, yeah, being open, that is a big one because I can feel in my body that from the last two days that I am not open. I can feel it in my shoulders. I can feel it in my neck. Um, and um, so besides from moving my body <laughs> to release that, um, yeah, it's probably being open to the idea that the finish line doesn't have to be this Saturday. 
mm. and being open to to the flow yeah and yeah and guidance is um because i'm yeah and it's <laughs> it's so clear so obvious but uh, so i'm happy we're talking about it um that i am so much more in my masculine energy when i set myself a finish line and um, being guided by the feminine energy and that's all everything we just talked about being open being uh, curious being receptive um, and allowing yourself to go with the flow um, so yeah reminding myself of that like every day uh, to that I am guided even within this one project not in my life and not also in not only in my life in general um, guided by the universe, my urges, no, I'm not a manifestor, not my urges, but my sacral. <laughs> and um, yeah, then, and that and trusting in that everything's gonna play out exactly how it's supposed to be. And growth will come out of it anyways. <laughs> yeah, growth is inevitable when you're talking about this stuff. So really looking at this like finish line and this to-do list that you have or to-do board, because I know you do boards. And allowing yourself to do only what lights you up, to let it be messy, to be open to the ever flexing date of this finish line, we'll say, and moving your body was something that you mentioned. So is there any specific actions that you can take just to embody these feelings? Like instead of getting off this call, I think it's late there anyway, but instead of getting off this call and getting on your computer and trying to finish this, is there anything you can do to get you feeling guided and open and curious um, as you move into the next couple of days to come from that energy instead of, "Ah, I better get this done. I have this finish line. It's funny because I, um, I do for every year, I said like three words as an intention. So my three words for 2021 are um, ceremony surrender and um pleasure and those are times where i ignore most of them (laughs) yeah been there yeah and um so everything that brings me pleasure um i don't know for example going for a walk i did that today and like literally as cheesy as it sounds stop and smell the roses Nice. I i actually did that today and they smell lovely um and um yeah working with my body with my senses back to the feminine again and um yes surrender also to as i said to the process and surrender to the um idea that i might not be finished on saturday so what yeah and in terms of ceremony as it happens today, as we record it, I think like right now, yeah, actually right now it's a new moon. So maybe do a little new moon ceremony um, this evening before I go to bed and um, setting some intentions, planting some seeds, maybe for this project, but in general for this month. Um, and I know that if I grant myself the space and the time to go into ceremony, that always helps. I love that. I love that. Yeah. So that's your new to-do list. Yes. Moving your body. Yes. (laughs) Right. We just talked about it for a whole hour and then I'm like, okay, so are you forcing right now or what's happening? (laughs) Yeah. That's so funny because we, I, I, we opened it with the idea about like forcing the business in general, but, um, as on the macro, so on the micro and vice versa. Yeah, no, I know I'm guilty of it. And actually talking about this with you today, there's some things that I'm like, I think I'm kind of forcing that after today, I'm going to have to re, I'm going to have to sit with that. (laughs) What am I strangling right now? Today I'm strangling myself. (laughs) Totally. You totally have me thinking of like, what? I think there is some stuff that I'm like forcing so hard to know, to have it all figured out. That's my go-to gremlin to like have it all figured out before I go into it. And what, you know, why am I forcing and how can I also do the same thing and pull back and surrender and really just like let it unfold naturally. But I, I, I love this for you. Um, yeah. Cause fuck that finish line. Yeah. You know, if you I get mean, it done, I, it's done, if you don't, you don't, what the world goes on. Yeah. And it's like, it's totally like my own expectations 
Yeah, of course. And um, yeah, like your clients won't think anything of it if it's a couple. It's not even. It's not even uh, that I'm afraid what people will think if if these products come like a day or five days later. It's just like I set this finish line, so I'm gonna hold it. So and that's like, and that's funny enough. Of course, I am coaching people on getting rid of their expectations, their own expectations or external expectations. yeah, but uh, as I said, as you said in the beginning, you always um, come into coaching because um, basically you want to coach yourself. <laughs> totally. I've actually learned, I was just saying this to a client the other day. I stopped giving myself deadlines. I don't do it. And I've stopped using to-do lists actually because I find when I have a to-do list, it just gives me anxiety. And I know what I have to do, whether it's written in a list or not. And I just, having it written out gives me anxiety. I've learned that about myself and I am ditching the to-do list. <laughs> So you're a quad right, are you? I'm a quad right, yeah. I'm a total quad right. And so like what I'll do is I'll put stuff on my to-do list and it will be things that like I can't even really get done. They're like sometimes it'll be like long range things that I really I can't cross off in the next couple of they're not gonna get crossed off. And I just find that it like works me up and it's like, well, why do I do this to myself? Why even yeah. put it on the list? So I've actually stopped doing to-do lists as often. Occasionally I will, if it's like to do today and it's just, I just don't want to forget anything, but for the most part, no, this quad righty. Yeah. But it's like you, it's as Crystal, our coach said, uh, business is a third line process. Uh, and it's, that's not only in, um, in connection to like what you're offering or how you're working with your clients. It's also how you're organizing and structuring your business and yourself from yeah. on a day-to-day basis. Try and error, try and error. Yeah. I feel like so many of us can relate to the third line, like even us non-third lines. It's like, you know, there's a lot of trial and error involved in everything. Yeah. And it is so funny because uh, I'm a six line profile and for the six lines, it's like, uh, acting more like a three in the first 30 years of their lives. But uh, I can actually feel this mirrored because I'm in the, in the second part of the six line profile. So between 30 and 50, uh, but more close to the end of the, this phase. So um, I can feel the third phase coming, but I can see this process um, on a smaller scale within my business. I feel like uh, my business is just a baby in in his, their sixth line profile, experimenting and doing stuff uh, like uh, um, and falling and getting back up and falling and getting back up. And uh, maybe at some point I will uh, transition into the second phase of the sixth line in my I'll business. Get it on the roof and just like yeah. have everything simmer down. A load. Well, you let me know because that hasn't happened in my business yet. <laughs> I don't know if that ever happens, but hopefully maybe someday. We'll see. I don't know. Well, it was awesome talking to you today. I, your nuggets, you gave us a lot of nuggets of wisdom. This was really fun to have you on and hear a little bit more about your generator experience and, you know, words of wisdom to everybody about not forcing. How are you feeling about, you know, your deadline and all the things? Yeah. Thank you so much that you brought it up because, um, yeah, I sometimes, I mean, we all do have our blind spots and um, it's so helpful coming back to the beginning sometimes to have like an outside perspective from a coach or maybe just a friend who is, uh, is into something similar and maybe also has a business. And so I'm super grateful that we talked about it and I will approach tomorrow in a very different fashion than I did the last days. And I will uh, stop and smell the with those three words, like, or four, it was like, was curiosity, openness, uh, guidance and growth. Yeah. We'll put these on a, on a post-it again, post-it. I'm post-it. Love your post-its. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The one thing I learned Uh, about Sarah. (laughs) Yeah. Over my desk and uh, yeah, to remind me of our conversation and I had so much fun uh, talking to you and yeah. we could go on for hours. So maybe we do this again another time. (laughs) Yes. I would love that. I know. And I would come on your podcast, except I don't speak German. So (laughs) yeah. So because that that's why today was kind of a big thing for me, because this was my first ever uh, podcast interview in English. And uh, so thank you so much for that opportunity. And um, 
And I have, I've been thinking of um, doing uh, English interviews on my podcast as well, because there are so many interesting people that don't speak German. So um, yeah, people will, uh, yeah, will have to live with it. And, uh, and you can always put subtitles on YouTube. So, uh, so maybe that's going to be a thing um, for the second half of the year after this project is finished. Yes. Yeah. You don't need to add another thing to your plate quite oh. yet. Well, you let me know if you ever need a English speaker, although I speak fast. So if it's a lot of non-native speakers, I'm going to have to like pull it back. I try to be really conscious of that when I'm talking to someone who's not a native speaker. because I'm like, <laughs> found the, the Instagram captions, the closed captions. They can't keep up with me. I have to speak really slow to get them to be right. <laughs> <laughs> well, what can you do? Well, Sarah, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? Why don't you give us your podcast name too? Cause you haven't done that yet. Instagram website, anything you want to, you want to give us. Yeah. Okay. So you can find everything on my website. It's, uh, Sarah, uh, you say minus. Yeah. Sarah minus Heinen. So Sarah is written without an H. So it's S A R A minus H E I N E N. So dot D E. So it's everything yeah. is in German. <laughs> I was about to ask. I'm like, it's probably, it's probably the German one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if any German speakers are listening, you can find everything on there. And of course, you always have the option to um, uh, translate websites within your browser. Uh, unfortunately, there's not yet a proper system that translates podcasts. <laughs> so also my podcast is in German, but I'm crossing my fingers for, because Google is getting bigger and bigger in the podcast business. At some point, they will probably find a way to translate, translate podcasts on the go. At least I hope so. It's called Neuanfang Podcast and Neuanfang means new beginning. So it's oh. all about transformation and yeah, new beginnings and um, uh, all the tools that you need for that. Um, so, and on Instagram, I am, it's always, it's also very complicated. So just head to my website is a button somewhere there to find me on Instagram or probably Abby will link to it anyways. I'm going to link to everything in the show notes. So that way you guys don't have to worry about catching that spelling. I will throw everything in the show notes and I have your Instagram. So we'll link to your Instagram as well. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This was so much fun. Yes, it was. Thank you so much. Ah, thank you, Sarah. And thank you, everybody else, for tuning in to yet another episode of Ask Abby. We will see you next time.